0: Welcome back to The Balancing Act with Dr. Andrew Tempty, author of The Balancing Act, Teach, Coach, Mentor, Inspire. We're here in season number two. As always, you can find us across all your podcasting apps, and uh, these will be posted on YouTube as well. Like, comment, subscribe, all those great things. Hit that thumbs up button, as the kids say today. Andy, today we're talking about disengagement, but I want to engage with you first. How have you been? What's new in your world?
1: Well, do your you you said as the kids say, right. do your kids uh, hit the it hit the thumbs up button?
0: It's funny. Uh, they watch a lot of YouTube, but they don't yet get that concept uh, of liking. But they will favor things on Spotify. Like they understand that, so mm-hmm. they're getting there. My my eleven year old is starting to get into that world. We're very protective because I produce videos for YouTube, so I know what's out there. But <laughs> how are you doing, Andy?
1: Yeah, do, doing just fine uh, do, doing great and as my as my father would say uh, does, doesn't doesn't help to complain because nobody would listen anyway that that's one of my favorite my favorite dad isms
0: it's that's amazing to hear because uh, when someone says to me oh I can't complain my response is always you could but I don't care um, so <laughs> there's that. That, that they work well together um, right. less empathetic on my side though that's but right. uh, today we're talking about disengagement as we go through the series of topics. Uh, centered around your book and centered around the premise of the way you look at corporate learning. If you haven't read Andy's book yet, go out, buy, you can find it across all the major bookstores at your mom and pop shops as well. Uh, It's really about corporate learning, about life journey, about so many different things. But to understand disengagement, we probably have to understand engagement and being engaged at work and how companies, corporations, businesses define and measure engagement. How would you sum that up for the listeners.
1: Yeah. So if you start with kind of a sole proprietorship, you kind of start there with one person, uh, you know, assume, assumably the individual who's running their own business is highly engaged in driving results and, uh, and working well with themselves. (laughs) Uh, And then, and then you start to add other humans uh, in, into the equation. And when you know, when a business is small, uh, every uh, trust is a lot easier to establish. And the concept of engagement, you almost, you almost assume that everybody that's working in a small tight knit environment uh, is engaged. And it, it is much easier to see with your eyes, ears, and, uh, and through the actions of individuals, it's much easier to see disengagement when, when a company is small. When a company gets large, uh, the movable middle, uh, which is your, uh, your group of individuals who are uh, not engaged but but not totally disengaged from the business, uh, that becomes a fairly large group and uh, and, they're, and they're almost by definition will be those that are disengaged and are almost working against you. So, So you need a set of tools to measure and monitor uh, engagement generally throughout the the company. And most firms, uh, large firms will, small intermediate and large firms will contract with with a third party vendor to ask a series of questions uh, of their their staff. And uh, for many companies, for uh, an employee to be truly engaged It means that they have answered affirmatively to a portfolio of questions. It's typically not a single question. Are you engaged? Are you not engaged? Most companies will triangulate in on the concept of engagement. And again, uh, have some weighted average score of of, of some portfolio of questions that cover uh, both internal operations and external uh, uh interactions with, with customers.
0: It makes a lot of sense. And I think anyone listening to this who has worked in any sort of corporate setting has probably been exposed to the annual engagement survey or, or something of that like where you get an email and to your point, you go in, you answer anonymously a series of one to 10 or one to five ratings and yes, no questions. Why is it so important for leaders, for CEOs, for C-suite, for managers to be measuring and monitoring engagement on these sort of topics.
1: Well, will we've we've said this before in the podcast, but our people are our most valuable asset. Uh, and you know, I'm a fi- I'm a finance guy at heart, and I'm all about the economics of a business. But the purpose of the book Balancing Act is to show that the human side of the equation is uh, equally important and, uh, and, and potentially more important than the, than the economic profile of the business. The human side then drives the, the economics and not, and not vice versa. So as a leader, you are uh, you're, you're certainly looking for uh, those areas of the business where you have real engagement, uh, where you uh, where you can uh, tap into the discretionary energy of uh, teams and and team members. Uh, and I'm also a math guy, so I, I know that there's no such thing as uh, operating at 110%. Uh, you know, 100% is, is, is the cap. That's, that's what we have to give. But there's, you know, kind of this narrative uh, in, in leadership circles that you're, you're looking for that extra. And, uh, and, and an engagement survey, and the reason that we're going to focus on disengagement today right. is because uh, yes you can identify those that are engaged but the disengaged can be can be very very destructive uh, to to your business and to your human capital efforts uh, generally
0: one aside here for me a, a struggle is it feels like the engagement survey like that annual process hasn't caught up with the times in that 30 years ago that's largely a paper and pen process and, and you're submitting something, it's being tallied, you're getting data back, you're acting on it. Um, do you think the annual engagement survey is enough to measure engagement and disengagement or is this an ongoing discussion in your, your sense that is a monthly or a you know quarterly effort that companies should be engaged in?
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Dan. Um, you know, in, an engagement survey is just a tool and all the tool does is it uh, creates data. Uh, and you, you, as a leader, you have to remember the data source. Uh, your people are typically a little bit apprehensive about the engagement survey. Will my data, will my answers truly be anonymous? Or is somebody gonna mine that data and find out that it was me who uh, roasted my boss? Uh, You know, so there's you have to take uh, engagement data with uh, with somewhat of a grain of salt and recognize that it is just one set of data points and i've seen uh, i've seen examples within large companies where. Uh, where where the engagement survey almost becomes the the thing that you do kind of it's the rote exercise you do once a year right. nothing really ever happens with it and it's uh, it's 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 a way for management and leadership to kind of shirk some of their uh, their their duties of really building strong teams and and building trust and accountability with, within within their organizations.
0: It makes a lot of sense, and uh, I, I think there's some, there's probably some business in there too. If someone's listening to this, looking for their next big thing, there's probably a new model that can be created uh, to engage. And probably to your point, those middle-sized businesses, you know, these large corporations and these really small businesses may have mechanisms in place, but those middle-ground businesses that are trying to figure this all out may need more data, more regular data coming in to really work off of. Um, as we talk through this, though. Let's think about and dive into the book specifically. It's something you tackle disengagement pretty much right off the bat. It's something that you, I think uh, you gave me the note, page 17. Uh, Why does the premise of disengagement, I think you've already started to touch on it, play such a prominent role in the book?
1: Yeah, I, I, I've gotten some uh, feedback from individuals who have, who have read the book and, 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 and it's, a bit, uh, it's a bit in your face uh, that disengagement is one of the first things uh, that, uh, that, that we talk about. And there's a reason for that uh, because the disengaged can really, really damage, uh, damage your business. In, in the book, I, I tell the story about, uh, about uh, the, the wait staff at, uh, at a restaurant that we visit in, in New York City. Uh, frequently, and how this particular host uh, not only ruined our night uh, and and gave me some great fodder for uh, storytelling, uh, but also ruined the night of their of, of, of her coworkers and and a whole bunch of other people, and and made it so that w- we would likely not uh, you know visit that particular establishment again when we when we visit uh, New York City. Uh, so, the disengaged uh, w- within your business, uh, many times management kind of ignores it, uh, it's, it's the thin red line in the engagement survey and all the energy is poured into the movable middle and those that are indeterminate and can be moved. But the disengaged, uh, many of them are actively working against you. Uh, as as a leader, as a manager, and as a business. They do not have the best interest of of your your company at heart. We we did a we did an episode on stewardship, a couple of episodes on stewardship. They are certainly not going to be stewards uh, of, of your business, the business model, and they're not looking after your North Star.
0: It makes so much sense. And when you think about it, it's almost the sense Maybe as a manager, or even you talk about a school as a principal, um, uh, you know, the, either they'll write their own ship or they'll they'll quit, right? From a, a management, they'll leave. I don't need to worry about them. I don't need to put effort into that person. But it can be so detrimental to everyone in their, you know, radar in their vicinity and how they act. Let's assume you do manage a team of people, which you have done for many, many, many years. How can you make an impact? on employee engagement? How does a manager make that change in employee engagement?
1: So I believe that the process of creating uh, clarity within the organization, defining the roles and responsibilities within your team, uh, establishing accountability uh, structures uh, so that uh, so that high performers are evidenced, uh, middle performers uh, make themselves known, and uh, and and your low performers and your potentially disengaged uh, kind of uh, you know make make themselves known through the operations and and uh, and, and the processes uh, and the procedures that you that you that you've established. Once everybody knows what everybody else is supposed to be doing it's really, really difficult to hide and, uh, and to obfuscate your, your activities. And uh, a lot of people say, oh, that's big brother, and they're breathing down my neck. And, you know, uh, there's a little bit of that. But if, as a leader, if you structure it as clarity in goals and uh, around the North Star and the purpose of the organization is known, then again it's it's really difficult to uh, to hide and it's also very easy to see those that are setting great examples uh, for the, the, the unengaged and the disengaged to follow.
0: That's a great point. I, I do think it's funny as a clarifying point about big brother in the workplace, it's a big difference between big brother in the workplace and big brother from the government, from the story, right? From the book. And you're being paid. You were hired to do a job and that should be transparent and should be open to all the people you work with Uh, vastly different than, than the premise from 1984. But as you have managed, what do you think the real underlying drivers of employee engagement are? We see so many open offices with ping pong and, a keg in the kitchen and, you know, all these great amenities, is that truly engagement or is there something else that you drive towards to, to really mark off what the underlying factors are?
1: Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it sort of drives me a, a little bananas when I see various media outlets that are um, you know, uh, running these contests uh, within local and regional businesses about the best employers. And those, those best employer uh, 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 activities uh, typically center around who's got a mini golf course and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and who's providing lunch and, you know, just this laundry list of amenities uh, almost like you're you're going on a cruise, right? Or, it's a resort trip, <laughs> or, or you're gonna you're gonna go to that all inclusive in uh, in in Cancun. Um, that's not what business is is all about. Sure, those things uh, are uh, can can help uh, create uh, buzz and help create a, a positive uh, working environment, but at its core, it's all about creating trust, which is built on clear and effective communication. Creating organizational clarity, understanding what we're measuring and how we're measuring it, and uh, and holding uh, defining those roles and responsibilities, and and holding uh, team members accountable. I remember clearly uh, an employee engagement survey from uh, several years ago at, uh, at Kaplan Professional, where uh, where the theme of the answers all centered around trust and accountability. And we had, we were simultaneously adding some of the bells and whistles to compete with other employers in the area. We didn't have a mini golf course, of course, but, but, uh, but, you know, some free snacks and things like that. And it it was uh, it it was very refreshing, but also a little, uh, a little bit of a wake up call for me that all the staff really wanted was for their coworkers to be held accountable and for their achievements to be recognized and, and to get, to get that, uh, that critical, challenging feedback when they needed it, the positive feedback when they needed it and the, the business uh, support for their efforts and, and that clarity.
0: As we close here, in your book, you very distinctly talk about it being a two-way street, that, that engagement is a give and take relationship. If an individual employee, an individual contributor is listening, or if you're talking to a manager who's trying to get through to that employee, what sense of responsibility does the individual hold in the conversation around engagement?
1: Yeah, I, I'm i personally seeing way too much uh, uh, take, take, take on the part of uh, of individual contributors and employees, and even managers uh, w- within business, like the company owes them something for showing up. Um, now, I, you know, I, I may be a, a bit old school, I'm, but I'm certainly not disconnected from the from the world of business, and it is a two-way street. Uh, individuals who work for a company should expect. Uh, things from the, from the business, right. uh, and, uh, and at the same time, in return for, uh, for, for a paycheck and, and, a, and a solid livelihood, uh, the, the business should ex- expect something back. And one of those things that a business should expect back is uh, honesty, uh, two-way honesty, about how the, the employment relationship is working out. And you as an individual contributor should have enough confidence in your ability and your ability to contribute to the world of work that if your mindset doesn't mesh with the culture or your purpose doesn't bind with the purpose of the business that you're working with, or frankly, you're you're under a bad boss or you're just tired of the, the role that you've had. Uh, be brave yep. and, uh, and, and, and opt and, and opt out. I think it was Harry Potter six when Harry Potter uh, says uh, specifically to one of the professors, uh, professor, be brave. Tell us, tell me about the Horcruxes. Yeah. That, that was a very obscure, obscure reference, but I
0: understood it and I haven't you, read the books. So. You, you told
1: you totally got it, but, 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 but be brave Right. and opt out because here's the deal. You have, so much more to contribute to society and to the business community institution whoever you're working for that it's just really a shame if you feel like you're stuck or you or 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 you're trapped with within a particular employment relationship get out there test the waters do do something different Uh, you'll you really thank yourself in the long term for doing so
0: you mentioned the word that really came to mind in this discussion around culture and culture can be convoluted in how people describe it much like engagement. Uh, But I think the culture of a business allows you to be honest and allows you to be brave. Um, Whereas I think a lot of people are scared for repercussions are scared of that. But I think your book really goes through the business and your own personal journey and finding out these things. And I think it's a great read for someone who is a manager, but also people just trying to find their voice uh, in the workplace, and understand growth, and and understand how they can continue uh, to get better at things. I, yeah. I think that's a, a large part of it.
1: And if you're working in a business where uh, where it's clear that speaking up is not a good thing, that you're afraid of your boss, uh, these are huge red flags, people. And uh, you know, be watching out for those things because. Those are, those are not businesses that, are, that deeply care about you and uh, your success uh, w- within the business. And it's really hard to give that, uh, that 98% or, or even 100% of yourself in, in, in episodes uh, back, to, back to a business like that.
0: Yeah, a lot of being brave is believing in yourself and, and believing you deserve to work in a place that believes in you and is that two-way street. Uh, as you you move forward and and grow your career. Andy, great stuff as always. Again, you can find this podcast across all your podcasting platforms. Again, uh, episodes will be going up on YouTube as well. Like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you like. Let us also know these conversations are turning into conversations with professionals out there in the world. You'll hear from Andy Perkins, John Kaplan, different people across uh, the education and business world Let us know who you want to hear from. Are there people that you admire, people that you've worked with who you think would be a great part of these conversations? Reach out, let us know. We'll book time and and get them talking about these topics as well on the next episode. More to come as always, talking about the Balancing Act with Dr. Dr. Andrew Tempty. We'll be back with more on the next episode of the Balancing Act.